0: Welcome to the weekend edition of The Daily Stoic. Each weekday, we bring you a meditation inspired by the ancient Stoics, something to help you live up to those four Stoic virtues of courage, justice, temperance, and wisdom. And then here on the weekend, we take a deeper dive into those same topics. We interview Stoic philosophers. We explore at length how these Stoic ideas can be applied to our actual lives and the challenging issues of our time. Here on the weekend, when you have a little bit more space, when things have slowed down, be sure to take some time to think, to go for a walk, to sit with your journal, and most importantly, to prepare for what the week ahead may bring. Hey, it's Ryan Holiday. Welcome to another episode of the Daily Stoic Podcast podcast. This was way back in September, I got an email from Bird Lovell, the uh an agent that I've I've worked with going back, I don't know, 12 13 years. I've known him I've known him since I was in in college um through another writer that I worked with. Anyways, Bird is is someone I've done a lot of ghostwriting projects with and he's a uh, he's uh now one of the biggest agents in 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 all of publishing. And he shot me an email. He, was, he said, hey, I was just uh, on the phone. Uh, he works at UTA. And he was like, I was just on the phone with, a, with an up-and-coming UTA client. Um, and he's like, she kept talking about stoicism. I asked her if, if she knew of your stuff. And he was like, she did. And he said, I couldn't wait to introduce you to. And he asked if I'd, uh, if I'd like to talk to her. And that's how I got connected with today's guest Ex Mayo, actress, comedian, producer, uh, self proclaimed taco expert. She hails from South Central Inglewood, California. She ended up in New York City in 2013 with literally $80 and a suitcase. And 24 moves later, she is an Emmy nominated writer for The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. She's A creator and host of Who Made the Potato Salad, a comedy show and party that's made in 24 hours that stars only black people and people of color. And you can catch X on the second season of Yearly Departed in the new hit NBC sitcom American Auto. We had an awesome conversation. Her energy, you can tell, is just absolutely infectious. Again, there is this there's a couple stereotypes about stoicism, right? One, that it's for men, Uh, two, that it's white. And three, that it's dour and not any fun. And today's guest is a critical and very fun reminder that none of those three stereotypes uh, need to have any basis in reality. And I've got to say, this was one of the most fun conversations I've ever had on the Daily Stoic Podcast. And you can listen to my interview now with X Mayo. You can go to her website at X. It's the letter X-M-A-Y-O.me. And you can follow her on Instagram at $80 in a suitcase. That's eight zero and then dollars and a suitcase. I think you're going to like this one. And uh, I had a great time myself. I thought I'd start with this because it's, it's something I don't understand about your business at all. Uh, it's the thing that frustrates me the most about it. How do you manage... The insane timelines and lack of control over the business, right? Like, I feel like Hollywood is the slowest moving, but also fastest moving business in the world, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. uh, one of my books got options to be a movie almost four years ago, and I'm not sure it's any... People are supposedly working on it every day, uh, and it's no further... Like, I just... I I it frustrates me and it confuses mm-hmm. me and baffles me. It makes me so grateful that I exist in a in a field where I get to control what I do, right? How mm-hmm. do you deal with that sort of powerlessness day to day of like not being in control of the schedule and the pace of things?
1: Um well I've been doing it a very long time, so I've just gotten used to the fact that um, this shit's gonna happen whenever it's supposed to happen. Yeah. And for somebody, um, for somebody like myself, I'm someone that does not wait. So my lack of patience really works for me in this industry. So it's just kind of like, okay, I know I have these projects and stuff like that, that you guys say that you're working on and I'm going to do my own shit. And if I still feel like there's no momentum moving here, I'm going to move it on my own um, and get shit done on my, and get shit done myself. Yeah. But it is, the business really is hurry up and wait. That's like the name of the game. And as an actor, you learn very quickly that they literally pay you to wait. You act for free. We are, right, cause, we are literally getting paid to wait. Like we wait all day on set and then you can't really like, cause I'm a writer as well. So it's like, I can't really tap into that writer brain and get to fucking writing because then they're going to call you on set. And then like, what if I'm on set and I have to like, you know, play a fucking vampire? Like, you know, I got to get into my <laughs> vampire shit. You know, I can't be like, you know, jolly writing comedy and then just go like, and become a vampire. Like you got to get into it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult, but I love it. It's difficult, but I truly, truly love it.
0: No, that that's interesting, right? Because it's not just like, "Hey, uh, we're going to make this show, or we want you to be in this comedy, or whatever." And then it, everyone gets all excited. There's meetings about it, and mm-hmm. you know, it gets announced in the trades, and then mm-hmm. shooting shooting starts uh, eighteen months from that window, or whatever. Right? There's there's that way, but then even when you're on set you might be on set for 13 hours and be on camera for 20 minutes
1: yes um and and you get paid a lot of money <laughs>
0: <laughs> to, to wait
1: you <laughs> If you're lucky, you get paid a whole lot of money. I'm telling you, LeBron James was complaining about that on his uh show on HBO. Uh he was just like, yeah, when he was shooting Space Jam, he was like, Cause I uh, I'm like him in the manner that not that I can play basketball, I'm very bad, but I'm like him in the manner of I am an efficient ass bitch. So I'm like, yeah. we need efficiency. I do this, then I do this, and I do that. And he's like, there's so much shit I could have got done, this and that. And it's like, yes, but we're waiting for Bucks Bunny to come to life on the green screen to you have to wait, <laughs> like, yeah. And he's just like the fuck. I couldn't play fucking six all star games. Like, what the fuck is going on? It's like yeah, that's literally the business. And now he's like his 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 movie is like stamped and imprinted for little on little children forever.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I, I've written multiple books in the time it's taken to adapt <laughs> and start <laughs> this other one.
1: <laughs> I could just see you, Ryan, because you're like. <laughs> So fucking efficient. You have so many damn books. I like am so envious of you of how well and quickly that you write and get writing done. Cause writing is like, it is like painful, annoying, lonely, um, annoying. It takes a lot of fucking time. And every time I listen to you every fucking morning, Ryan got another goddamn book. I said, God damn it, Ryan. God damn it. <laughs> Every fuck every time I look up, the boy who will be king, courage is called. I said, God, you know what, Ryan, I'm gonna stop listening to you because you're making me feel like I'm not productive.
2: Shit. Well
0: well how do you how do you find a way to be productive in that time? Because I'm I'm sure you're not just watching TV in your trailer. Like how do you find how do you use all that time where you're sitting around? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that like, well, because I'm an actor, writer, and producer. So I have my own sketch comedy show, but it's also like a community resource hub for Black and Brown people called Who Made the Potato Salad. So I've been producing since I was 19. Then I started, I I started writing and writing and producing my own plays at 19. So like, I have a lot of things that I want to do. And I also want to like tap into the nonprofit space. And then I'm always like, you know, people reach out to me, which I'm very grateful and honored and humbled by to like mentor them. So there's always something for me to do, but I have like a strict calendar and I have like, this is when I'm on my dead time. Like there's, there's dead time that I can get this done. I can do this. I can do that. Like, especially like with the thing that I'm writing now, it's like, okay, well I can be doing my beat sheet right now, or I can be doing this, you know, like, but then Also, Ryan, this whole fucking industry and all the opportunities you get is about relationships. So you can't just be tucked in your fucking trailer all day when you, when you need to be fostering relationships, right? Because now I'm privy to certain projects and certain things that are on the ground that I'm now being considered before that I wouldn't have been if I wasn't talking to nobody. So you really have to find that like sweet, sweet spot
0: yeah because you could spend your whole day networking and meeting people, and then you wouldn't have the material to go out and do stuff but and also, if you just spent your time creating the material, it would exist in a vacuum, and the the reality is there's already too much material out in the world, uh, and so it, that balance is i imagine difficult
1: it is it is it was at first, but then it's not like i um Um, Well, I I used to say that I'm an extrovert and then I got my own place. I was like, I don't know if I'm an extrovert or I just had roommates (laughs) because (laughs) I was fucking living in New York and I was always living with so many people and I was always out, 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 like in New York, just out. And then I moved back home to LA and I got my own place and I'm like, leave. We're in a goddamn pandemic, of course. But like, even like, you know, the little safety ways that you can meet up and stuff like that. I'm just like, I actually just want to... Look out the window in the sun to silence. Like I don't want to fucking, but I was just saying that to speak to the point of like, it's very easy for me to like balance it because I love people. I love meeting people. I truly, truly have a heart for people. Like I fucking love people. I love talking to them. I can talk to anybody. I love crowds of a lot of people. And so I'm able to like go out there and do that and then retreat. And do my work, and because I I give myself deadlines, that's how I'm able to do it. So I know if I've been like networking a few days on set and like being a little chatty, Cathy, Okay, these next couple of days, they won't think that like oh X is a bitch. Like I was talking to you the first three days of the week. So Thursday and Friday, Friday I can fucking be in the trailer, and you know.
0: Well, I think that's, that's an interesting part. I, I guess maybe, maybe people can relate to it a little bit more now that the whole world is sort of on this work from home model. But one of the, mm-hmm. the tough things I think about being a, a creative is like no one, is actu- no one actually cares if you do the work or not right? So there's no one monitoring you to know whether you're like staying at home doing the hard, unpleasant, creative stuff that's ultimately the fuel for whatever your next project is. No one cares if you're practicing. No one cares if you're creating. And so you have to have this sort of, because there's no one disciplining you the way that a boss is like, hey, I need to see this by Friday. You have to be in charge of your own life and your own schedule. And it's tough because as fun as creative work is, it's also really unpleasant.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that I've always been, I've always been a, a crazy little bossy pants. Like since elementary school, I was like, why is everybody walking out at the same time during our graduation song? Like we did Stomp and I was like, okay, so I'm going to rap. I'm going to do salt. And then you walk out first. Like I was, I've always been, I had a one woman show where I played every Spice girl and I made fake tickets and sent them, gave them all to my mom's friends. I was like, and now I'm baby Spice. It was very expositional. I was like, and now sporty, (laughs) like did no costumes, nothing. So I've always been like very focused. And I have a problem, Ryan, when I see something in my head, it has to come to fruition. You know how people talk to you like, oh yeah, Ryan, I got this million dollar idea. I wanna do this fucking app. We do this, this and that. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah. And they're like, yeah, just, yeah. And I'm like, well, you're not gonna do it? Like, there's nothing there. So I know that there are people like me that have been touched, but I, I believe discipline is a skill. I believe anybody can be taught any fucking thing. But I think a lot of artists get it fucked up and they think that your passion will automatically equate to discipline. And the discipline does not come that discipline is
0: so separate, for real. Oh, I, total, I totally agree. I, I was just saying this the other day. I believe that sort of talking about your work and doing your work fight for the same resources. So people who are like, mm-hmm. I'm working on this, check this out. You know, I think that's what's so seductive about social media is you can get credit from people for talking about your work when really you have to do your work privately at home, right? Like you have to put your ass in the chair and make the thing. That's very unsexy and, and it's rewarding in its own way, but it's, you're not getting public uh, validation from it until it's done. And so I've always been a big believer in just don't talk about it, be about it. Like just, just do it. Let the work speak for itself.
1: Yeah. People always say, yeah, in, in two years, we'll see who's really working. Like, you know, like it don't, it don't fucking matter. Like, and that's the thing too, because I'm such a doer, like I know that a lot of people are dreamers. I was like, but don't just dream do. I just posted that, um, a caption about that on my uh, Instagram, because I just feel like this whole manifestation, like, let me tell you, I know manifestation is real, but that, that type of shit really pisses me off because I know a lot of motherfuckers that just, just sit in the chair and they're just like, yes, I'm manifesting. I'm manifesting. I'm like, you're lazy. (laughs) <laughs> You're lazy and get thee behind me because I can't, <laughs> I can't have that type of energy around me. You feel me, Ryan? Like, it's just not, it's, it's just like, just do the fucking thing. And I think so many people like to ask me like, hey, so how did you do this? Cause you know, I worked at the Daily Show and was blessed to be Emmy nominated. And now I'm on NBC on American Auto and I just did Yearly Departed. And you know, I just wrapped on a movie. All these things that I've done now, Ryan, I'm 34. I've been auditioning since I was 12. Okay. So I've been at this a very long time. So when so many people, I'm like, it's just reps. You just get better. Like, I think if we looked at it like basketball, if you never would think that you would hop on a court and immediately be Kobe, right? You'd be like, that's insane. Why would you think that? You'd be like, no, I need to do reps. And I think that's how I look at this industry as well. Like I sucked. I was very bad at comedy for a very long time. And then it switched and then the light came on and I got good. (laughs) Like that was, that was it.
0: I think that is the really tricky thing about, uh, sort of what we do in, in that, like, you can't do your reps in private also, right? Like you Mm -hmm. can't practice in front of the mirror. You have to practice on stage where there's the element of it not going well. You can, you can really only get good in front of an audience. And so there is that uncomfortable part of like, are you willing to be bad at it in front of people? I think that, that scares a lot of people off. They, they either think they're already good and, and they're not, or they're, they're so paralyzed by their desire for perfection that it prevents them from getting up and just like being good enough for a long enough period of time that you are getting better from the reps.
1: 100%. And I was bad in front of Trevor Noah, so you can imagine. Yes. I literally would call my mom. was like, I'm getting fired. Like I would say jokes because we would have what's called like a morning meeting. And Trevor had this shit that he like picked out that he wants to talk about. And our job as writers, you know, we just like pitch jokes or whatever and be like that. And when you pitch a joke and everybody's just like, okay. And, and mind you, people probably weren't even looking like that, but it's just like, I was so like, literally my voice would shake right. My heart is, but I'm like, I'm. I'm about to pitch a joke to somebody who does not need this. <laughs> and But in, but that's the reason why he has like 12, 13 fucking different writers, because we all bring something different, you know? And so it was just like, I, I literally would pitch jokes and it would fail. But after you fail in front of Trevor for so long, you're like an audience, like, fine, I failed in front of like one of the highest grossing, most talented comedians in the world. So you- like Marcy from Cleveland, fine. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: If you love reading the Daily Stoic, good news the leather bound edition of the Daily Stoic is back in the Daily Stoic store. You can even get signed editions at store.dailystoic.com. Genuine leather cover, gilt edge pages, vinyl in sheets. Uh, all sorts of awesome stuff, even some new illustrations and logos. Comes with a cool custom box. Check it out: store.dailystoke.com. Well, isn't that what I, I feel like? Uh, what's interesting about showbiz is that e- ego can be an asset in the sense, like if you don't, if you don't care, if you think you're so great, you know, it doesn't bother you that you're bombing. That's obviously one way to do it. I think it's a fragile way mm-hmm. to do it. But what you actually cultivate, as you said, from bombing in front of Trevor Noah and then getting better as you do it, and then eventually getting stuff on air, what 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 you take from that is confidence, which I think is important, right? You have to be like, I don't care what this lady thinks because I know because I've done the work and I've I've mm-hmm. I've seen it work. I know that the the stuff is good, and I know you also have to get to a place where you know that you're not for everyone. Like I'll get yes. comments from people, and they'll be like. Uh, I don't like Ryan for X reason. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm trying like I hate that, like, like what you're saying you like, I am deliberately trying not to be. So we actually agree. Like you're saying you don't like me because <laughs> I'm not X and I don't want to be X. So it's not that we don't like each other, it's that we shouldn't be interacting with each other. Do you know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anybody that doesn't like you, Ryan, I mean, go to hell. <laughs> I'm a believer. I, I know you're an atheist, Ryan, but I'm not. I'm a Christian, and I there is a hell, and go there. Go to hell. <laughs> if you don't fucking like Ryan Holiday, are you kidding me, bitch? I, I, I'm not going to say some other choice words because this is, you know, stoicism. We're going to get into that, and I am about that. I have, look it. I got it right here, Ryan. Oh, you Thank got the me. calendar. Amazing. I have everything. Ryan, when I tell you, I drink the blood. I'm in the cult. I got it. I'm in it. I've got it. We're in it. But if you don't like Ryan Holiday, seriously, God... I'm not going to say what I was going to say. But God bless you and I will be you I'm putting you on my prayer list.
0: I love it. Well so how did you find stoicism? Let's start there.
1: Yeah, okay. So I found stoicism because of my very good friend um Novi. She is phenomenal writer. She's um Emmy nominated. Hello. Uh and is a writer at the Black Lady Sketch Show. And she is like like she put me on to really like Tim Ferriss. I had listened to a Tim Ferriss episode, but didn't know I wasn't like heavy into it. Right. And so she really put me on to meditating. And because she's another black woman and she also like, we come from the same upbringing as far as like church, the fact that she was into it, I was like, okay, let me see what the fuck this is about. But stoic, when I hear stoic, I'm like, I don't want to be like that. Like stoic is like, you know, you got to stick up your ass or something. Like you just like, you sit there, you look, you don't emote. And as and you, you can see, I'm an emoting person. I don't know if emoting is a word, but it will be today. It is. And so It is. Okay, great. And so when she was like Daily Stoic and then she was reading me, I was like, oh, okay, this sound like commandments, but without vow. Like I feel like... Stoicism is really like just the 10 extra commandments, but there's no thou shall. It's just like, okay, this is just what it is. And so I also like, Brian, I used to be like very self-righteous, very religious. Like I would have never spoken to you. You were going to hell and I, in bye. Like I was just so so self-righteous and in a box. And now moving to New York, i moved there and I was there for eight years. I recognize that I believe what I believe because I'm a black girl from South Central Los Angeles. If I was in Tokyo, I'd be Buddhist. If I was in Liberia, I'd be Muslim. You see what I'm saying? So who yeah. am I to be out here and being like, fuck all of y'all, <laughs> all of y'all are wrong and some some of the most deepest connections, and honestly, when I've like really felt like, "Oh wow, this is like such an intimate connection is with people that don't think like me, some people that don't have the same religious like beliefs or are atheists, you know, and so literally listening to you and practicing stoicism was my way to open up my fucking brain and realize that there is so much more life out there, and there is so much more. There, there are people that do not necessarily believe what I believe, but that doesn't mean what they're saying is not true. That does not mean what they're saying is not correct. And that doesn't mean that what they what they believe and what they're saying can't be applicable to my life. And stoicism, Chad, Ryan, you would think that you was Jesus coming back. Because the way that I tell everybody about stoicism, I'm telling you, I got so, that's my thing. I want to bridge the church and Ryan Holiday and come together. <laughs> my goal is for you to get on stage with T.D. Jakes, okay? With the bishop, okay? Because the shit you be talking is like straight up, like some of it is like Christianity or commandments in layman's terms. Does that make sense? It's like, yeah. I, love, I love the church. The church made me and I love it so much. But like everything, there is some holes in it. And I do believe that there was a lot of times when things were declared to me in church, but you didn't give me the tools to, to carry that out. Does that make sense?
0: It does. Did you grow up very religious?
1: Yes. Oh, my God. Church, three times a week, four times if I was acting up.
0: <laughs> what yeah. what denomination?
1: So I, I grew up apostolic, Pentecostal and apostolic. You know, we don't play apostolic. We are like we was like we like the Jehovah Witness of of the of the of the, of the religions, of the of the Christianity, because it's like you got Baptist, you got A.M.E., you got Episcopal, you got. Uh, you got uh, what is it? Full gospel Baptist. Now they, they don't wear no earrings, Ryan. They don't. <laughs> so apostolics, we was like the joke, we was like, felt like we was the chosen ones because we were just like, what we believed, what we believe is that you must be baptized in Jesus name and filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking of the tongues as spirit of God, give utterance to enter into glory. Now, I no longer believe that, okay? I do not, I no longer believe that like, Okay, if somebody didn't get baptized, that they going somewhere else. And I'm also, okay, renegotiating hell. I said Ooh. hell a lot earlier as yeah. a joke, but I have a very good friend of mine, Christiana, who's the smartest bitch I know, and her, she's a believer, and her husband is an atheist, and they were telling me about it. And I was just like, oh, okay, there's a lot of things that I just believed in the Bible that I didn't really read, that I didn't really research. And now yeah. looking at it from this lens as a grown woman, I'm just kind of like, oh, okay. So I'm definitely open to what is hell? Was that a real place? Who were they talking to? I'm definitely open to researching more versus just regurgitating what has been told to me my whole life. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Have you read uh, Love Wins by by Rob Bell? No. I think you would really like it. I, 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 I like read it man. a couple years ago. He, he's basically talking about the idea that like, maybe hell is not a place that you go in the afterlife. And, and this is to be kind of more of a Stoic argument. I feel like the Christians and the Stoics had a, had a pretty clear alignment as, as far as like what one should or shouldn't do. Like, they, they had a, a pretty similar definition of what you might call sin. But I feel like Mm -hmm. the Christian argument was like, if you sin, uh, you'll make God angry and you'll go to hell. Uh, I feel like the stoic argument is like, and this is more what what Rob Bell is saying in Love Wins, is that if you sin, you will live in hell. Like your life itself on earth will be hell. And I think Mm -hmm. conversely, that also means that like heaven isn't this reward that you get at the end of life. Like heaven is where you live now according to whether you live rightly or wrongly. Do you know what I mean?
1: Mhm. Yeah, and I believe I believe that there is a heaven. I do I, and and that's the thing too. I think I think based on my experience is why though too. Like I I I think with anything, like, you know, like, why do we recommend restaurants? Like, why do motherfuckers drive Uber? It's like, it's like, or ride Uber. It's like, yeah, it works. You should try this app. And and then, you know, so for me, it's just like, God has shown himself to be real and true in my life so many times. And I think I felt him the most when I moved away to New York, when I got out of this religious routine and I really felt him and experienced him. Through people that were gay, through people that were atheist, like I, like even though I know that people are atheists, I, I feel like I'm double talking, but I believe God can use anybody, and I hope I'm not disrespecting you by saying that. Sure. But I just, I really believe that there are some people who I've come in contact with. I'm like that. That is God. Like the way that you love me, how kind you are, and I'm serious, Ryan. I believe that God is using you. Like there's. There is, there are so many times when you said something. Like I remember, I'll tell you where the fuck I was. When I was, I had to close the Daily Stoic Journal. Everybody who's listening to this, when you get to this part, I swear to God, you might have to close it and come back some months later, like I did. When you fucking said, well, you didn't say it, but it's written in the journal. But it said, Are you content with being clueless about the things that do not matter? When I tell you, Ryan. Ryan, middle name Holiday. What's your middle name? Clark. Ryan Clark Holiday. I fucking died. I had to close the goddamn book. I close. No, seriously, I haven't. It's been six months because that right there is enough. That is a word. Now I know that's a Stoic principle, but as a as a as a Christian, that's a word. That's a bar. And so that spoke to me, and I was just like, wow, I cannot. Fucking and and when once you once you really break that down Ryan nothing matters not a lot like like my family matters okay like I have my water here drinking water matters okay okay but my thing is just like are you content with being clueless like you can't you don't need to know a fucking thing about the thing. And there were so many things at that point, Ryan, that I was focused on that did not matter. And I think it is a byproduct of working in late night because I was required to not mind my business.
0: Right. Yeah. You had to follow the news because it was your job.
1: Yes. I have to know. Ariana Grande doesn't have a ponytail today. Okay. What's Trevor's take? (laughs) the fuck? I don't care about this. I don't care about Ariana. I love you. I'm a pony. I love your music. God bless. But I don't give a fuck that you ain't got no goddamn ponytail, that your hair is down or that you have a bob, but it's like, it's hot off the press. Everybody's talking about it on Twitter. So yeah, so it was, that was very hard to hear that principle in the pandemic while I had to continue to do my job because it was like, fuck, I, I can't be cool. Like I have, so it was, sure. it was great. And that, that was a word. God used you, right? That was
0: amazing. Well, I, that's that's very kind of you to say. No, I I think I think there is there is something weird about the 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 Daily Stoke and the Daily Stoke Journal in that I wrote it like five years ago now, and obviously like it, it's three hundred and sixty five entries. So I wrote three hundred and sixty five entries. I had obviously I wasn't like hey March first it should be this, and then you know May third it should be this. Like I just wrote three hundred and sixty five things, and then I kind of loosely shuffled them around in a way that. That, uh, that I thought uh, it would make sense, but then I'll hear from people and they'll be like, how did you know? Like, how did you yes. know I needed this one today? And it's like, I didn't, like at all. Like, I, I, I have no idea who you are and there was no planning behind this whatsoever. Um, but, but I think like when the Stoics talk about fate or, or, or uh, you know when you talk about seeing God or, or God's hand in things, I think that's what that is. Like, it's sort of the randomness of life somehow often gives you exactly what you need, even when you don't think you could need it.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I think that too, like with stoicism, the reason why I've shared it with so many other people that are believers, and they have literally been like, X, this shit has changed my fucking life. Because it's like, It's, it literally takes it a step further beyond just like faith over fear or don't pray and worry. Like you give like actual tangible tools. And also too, when I focus on what I can control, it's kind of like Trevor Moad, his philosophy about neutral thinking, may he rest in peace. Um, He has a new book. He has
0: a book coming out about that. I I just heard from his publisher. Uh, It was like the last thing he wrote before he died. It's on neutral thinking. Yeah. I, I'm okay. not sure when it comes out, but I'll, I'll, uh, here, I'm I have... writing it. I'm writing it down. I'm going to make sure that they give it to you.
1: Oh my God, you're so sweet. Thank you, Ryan. Um, Yeah, it takes what it takes. I mean, I listen to that on Audible. Like each chapter is like 45 minutes to an hour. I mean, I'm listening to that every fucking day. But that he, he, I feel like it's, it's stoicism-ish yeah. uh, when he talks about how you don't focus on what you can, um, focus on what you can control and not how you feel. And that way you focus on what you can do. And then you're in control. You do the thing to attack the thing that you can control on, and then it's over, Yeah, you know? Because positive thinking, you know, sometimes it's like, shit is not positive. Like this fucking pandemic that we're on, everything that, you know, that shit is not positive. But then negative thinking, it's like, okay, that always works, like, so I could just think negative. But what about neutral? And I think that's another thing too, Ryan, listening to you and the Daily Stoic and practicing Stoicism is that growing up as a Christian, everything was black and white. And I didn't realize until I started listening to you that I'm very judgmental. I put things in a binary as a defense mechanism to make myself feel safe. So it's like, it has to be black or white, right? It has to be this or that. And because I was raised with people who would use ambiguity as an attempt to manipulate me and would do it successfully, when people would try to say nuance, like I just started using that word a year ago because I didn't even like that word. I was like, what do you mean nuance? Yeah. No, it's bad or it's good. <laughs> like, you know, and it's like, well, things are complicated. And it, and I realized that I was living in the nuance of things when I was making declarations. Like, I believe this thing. Like, cause Ryan, I was totally against smoking weed. I was like, don't smoke weed. I'm not going to smoke. And then my cycle got to be so bad to where girls were like, girl, you might want to pop an edible. And I have fibroids and it's very bad. And so I started doing that, but then it's kind of like, People are so shocked to hear me say that because I was so lying in the sand, like, fuck weed. So it just, and then I feel like I lost, unfortunately, I feel like I lost trust of people because it was like, well, she's saying one thing and she's doing another, you know? Mm. So I've I've learned within the past like two years about how, because I have a tendency to be judgmental, I need to be quiet because as you're talking, I want to put something in a binary. I'm like, but then there are some like rape is bad, you know, like. (laughs) Rape is bad. You know, like racism is bad. Like there are some points where, you know, we're not going to be nuanced. okay. but I do that. That is one thing that I have learned by listening to you. I was like, oh, wow. He's like talking things. He's not really judging things. And I'm like, so judge. I'm like, no, that's bad. That's good. Which um, isn't the case a lot of the time.
0: When you're hiring for your small business, you wanna find quality professionals that are right for the job. In fact, we were just hiring for Daily Stoke and we found our new podcast editor on LinkedIn Jobs because LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Over 2.5 small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring like we do, as I was just saying, because LinkedIn isn't just a job board. It helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours, sometimes even faster than that. You can hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash That's linkedin.com slash to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a strange reading that a lot of modern Christianity has on Jesus. Like, I can't imagine if Jesus came back Uh, today he'd uh, have a really, that he'd have a lot of negative opinions about trans people or what, you know what I mean? Like he'd be very chill and very calm and very focused on generally loving, helping, being kind to people, being patient with people, forgiving people. Like uh, that's been a weird part watching during the pandemic, um, just how much of Christianity seems to have missed what I think the most important tenet in all of uh, 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 of Jesus's teachings are, which is love thy neighbor. Like actually just yeah. care care about and give a shit about other people, even if you don't like but, them, even if you disagree.
1: But Ryan, you forget the other parts, love thy neighbor as I love thyself. What if you don't love yourself? You can't fucking love your neighbor. You feel me? It's not just love thy neighbor, it's love that. So a lot of people don't love themselves. That's why they out there. And I I say this because I know a lot of Christians, we get a lot of bad rap. A lot of people be like, you guys are hypocrites, this, this, and that. But I love what T.D. Jake said when someone tried to tell him that. He was like, hypocrites? Okay, but what about when you go in a strip club? That girl don't love you? That girl dancing on you? She's a hypocrite. But you go to the strip club, right? Okay, thank you. God bless. So (laughs) that's what I'm saying. Like For me, I feel like the church is a hospital and we all sick. So yep. I just feel like, I feel like we all contain hypocrisies. As much as I want to be like, capitalism is bad. Amazon is going to give me a Roomba and some titty tape in 24 hours. So I'm going to go on Amazon <laughs> because I need to wear this dress. I need to tape my titties and I need a Roomba, period. So <laughs> it's just like, you feel me, Ryan? Like we all contain hypocrisies. Like we're all, it's just, it's complicated. What the fuck you want me to do? I'm one person, God and it. I'm not a billionaire. Okay. I, I can't, I don't control nothing. So I just, I really believe that like, if people, if, if, if you really want to believe in Christ, you will, like, it's not based off of people. It's not. And I think that there are a lot of people that are doing the will of God and that are trying their hardest, but there are some, especially, you know, the Caucasians, okay. That are out here (laughs) professing. Uh, that this is like the message of Christ not to get vaccinated, not yeah. to wear a mask, that racism is okay. You know, like that's awesome bullshit. And you can, no. you can quote me on that.
0: Yeah. One of my favorite things from Marcus really is he says like, you know, you, you just don't have to have an opinion. Right. And that's where I've tried to get I like, know. as far as other, other people's behavior. It's like, I just don't, I, I don't, I don't have to have an opinion about what you do for a living. I don't have to have an opinion about stuff. I don't, enjoy. I don't have to have an opinion about your private life. Even if it's weird to me, even if I think it's unhealthy, like I just don't, I just don't have to have an opinion about that.
1: I know Ryan. And I opened the book and then you said that. And then I closed it again. <laughs> you said, what if I didn't have an opinion about this? I'm like, Ryan, I'm a fucking black woman in America. I got an opinion about every fucking thing. I got an opinion about every goddamn thing. I got an opinion. Why the fuck is McDonald's? Why is the M like that? It should be longer. Why is it gold? What does gold mean? They want us to get gold because we're from Africa. No, was so like, <laughs> I'm just like I'm just like I, when you said that I was like damn and then I'm in a job where I'm required to have an opinion what if I came to sure. fucking work and I'm like Trevor you know I don't really have any thoughts about that I yeah, just who don't cares? Any, like yeah no stoicism does not work for comics <laughs> like it's just it's fucking hard like that's a lie I'm, that's a joke i'm just it does work but i'm just saying it was very hard in my line of work especially when Ryan i'm required to make jokes 8 to 10 hours a day for 3 years you feel yeah. me like it was just, yeah, it was, it was, it was very, it was hard. But once, once I left it, it was like, whew, it was like stoicism all day. Like, oh my God, I was in a goddamn stoic-topia.
0: Well, it's, it's like, you can be a stoic, but you the environment that you're in can be very unstoic and one has to figure out how to navigate that. And, and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with being on Twitter or having an opinion, being able to joke about what's happening in the world. It's just I think the problem is when people start to actually really care. Do you know what I mean? Like, it starts to become part of their identity. Like, this is, you know, I'm sure you know comics who just, they just spend way too much time on social media. It's, it's, become, it's become, like, the lens through which they experience reality, and that's just not healthy.
1: And uh, I, I disagree with you, Ryan. You said it's okay to go on Twitter. I, it is not. <laughs> that is where <laughs> demons roam. Now, that's hell. We can agree on that. Twitter is hell. That's that that's the hell that we're talking about. When I say go to hell, go to Twitter. Period, because yeah. it's trash. But I I do I I totally agree with you and as far as like what is that balance there? And that's where my faith comes in because it's like, listen, I'm never going to miss out on any opportunity. Whatever is for me will never miss me. I don't give a fuck if they DM'd me. Also, I have representation, you can Google me. I have a website. Like, I remember when Instagram went down, a lot of people were like, where's my career? And I'm like, Bitch, you better figure it the fuck out. Cause <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, you right. don't have a website. You don't have representation. You don't have anything. like, you could find me. So yeah, you definitely do need to have that balance because I know a lot of people who live and die by the internet and it's just truly not real. And I started the Twittering machine. I had to put it down because I was like, wow, this shit. Cause you, you see how you, I am the fucking little, uh, what is it called? The little lab rat that they're using, yeah. like in this thing. And when I saw an article that said, like, the top tech people don't fucking let their kids use the fucking apps that they made, I said, well, what is in the app? Why is it okay if I use it? But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a gift and a curse because we needed to promote our shows to promote our, I mean, that's how I find you. And I'm always sharing your shit. And like, it's always in my stories and people like started following you and they love when I repost your shit. So I'm just like, it is a gift and a curse, but I think you use it for good and not evil, Ryan.
0: Well, thank you. No, I try. And I try, I think it's about boundaries ultimately, right? Like how do you, how do you have it in your life, but make sure that you're using the technology, not that the technology is using you
1: hmm Yeah. Uh my homegirl uh Novi, who I told you about who introduced me to you, she had sent me an article about how to make your iPhone work for you. And it's been like yeah. so seamless. And I'd like deleted stuff. It's crazy. Like you don't even know all these little trackers, all these little things, or how to manage pop-ups, like different shit like that. It's just is it's really helped me a lot, especially in the pandemic. Like it was just, we're all just on our fucking phones. But I just I have to put it away, especially because now I have deadlines. I have shit to write, like yeah. I'm very grateful where my career has gone. And like, I'm really trying to attack this year. And it's just like, I got to be focused. So I delete Instagram, I upload it on Mondays to promote the show.
3: Oh. American
1: Auto, Tuesdays on NBC, 8 p.m., followed by Grand Crew, produced my, by my friend Phil Jackson. Okay, And um, Grand Crew is an all-Black uh, show. It's phenomenal. I know some of the writers and the actors, Carl Tart, Nicole Byer, Echo. They're just killing it. But also American Auto, the show I'm on, is created by Justin Spitzer, who also created Superstore, and he came from The Office. So he just makes nothing but the hits. And we have, like, Anna Gasteyer leading who's uh, SNL royalty. So yeah. So I log on every Monday. Um, that's what I'm doing now. And I like upload and promote the show and then delete it because it's really just,
0: like, yeah, it's I, what I do focus. is I, most of the, most of the stuff for me is either managed by someone else or it's all scheduled. So like, I go like, Hey, mm-hmm. this would be, this would be a cool post and I'll send it to them, but it, it'll be like two weeks from now. So then if I change my mind or if I think, you know, I, I think one of the problems with social media is that it's, it's really reactive. So it's like, yeah, stuff that's happening in the world that's terrible and frustrating and annoying and weird. You don't want to be like responding in real time because that's when you say stuff that you regret or that doesn't age well uh, or that's coming from a place of anger or fear or frustration. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't think that's a, that's a good way to, 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 to manage your public self.
1: Yeah, and also, too, Ryan, I've never been one who argued on the internet. You will never catch me in the comments. I don't go in the comment section. When American Auto came out, like some people knew about some of the negative press we were getting. I don't go. Like, if you look on my Twitter right now, it's literally reposts of projects that I've done. I only got it. Because I started working at the Daily Show and they were like, "If Trump takes his dick out, you got to have a joke." And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> so I got to be ready, you know, because he, you know, his dumbass, he was meeting with the Taliban. He was just, just a dumbass." And so I was just like, "Okay, let me get Twittered. What is Trump doing? What's little Trump, baby Trump, all the Trumps? I don't know their names. I don't give a fuck." And um, I had to learn all that, and so that's why I have Twitter. But I don't go on there ever, Ryan. You just, you just can't. You can't. It it serves no purpose to me, and I also too feel like, "Who are you?" Like I genuinely, when people go back and forth with trolls, I'm like, "Who the fuck is this bot? This bitch? That's a yeah, right? It might not even be a
0: real person. You could be arguing with a computer, you idiot. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm just like, I, I just don't care. I just don't care. My mama thinks I'm funny, but we're done. That's it. <laughs> That's the first, last, and uh, only critic, my mama. She loved it. Great, moving on.
0: How do you, how do you keep a sense of humor about all of it? There's a, there's a quote from Seneca I like, where he's saying there's sort of two paths. You can laugh about, or he says, you can cry about how terrible the world is, or, or you can laugh about it. And he says the Stoics should sort of laugh about it, which I think is funny because you know, we have this sense that the Stoics had no emotions but I love the idea that they actually laughed at the absurdity or the awfulness mm-hmm. of the world. How, how do you, how do you keep a sense of humor about all of it?
1: Um, childhood trauma uh, for 200. <laughs> 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 I have been through so much shit, Ryan. Like, let me, t- Oh my God. My auntie was a pimp. She was out here doing shit. Everybody's on drugs. Every- it's just, it was, a, it was not, it was not that, uh, uh, uh harmonious, Growing up. And so I had an amazing mother who really sheltered me and shielded me as best as she could from that. And my mama is top tier. I love my mama to death. She raised me very well, worked her ass off. She's the reason why I have my work ethic and I'm so focused and I've always been career driven since I was fucking born. Like literally, I would like sign everything for the field trip slip and I'd be like, I already raised my money. I sold candy bars. I just need you to sign this so I can go to the Getty museum. Like I was, I was finding clippings of auditions and stuff. So for me, I've always just had that. eye. I have always seen sometimes in ways that I should be taking things seriously, but (laughs) because in high school, I was always in trouble. Like X, you are always making jokes. You are never going to get anywhere in life, making jokes. And And Mr. Haji Marcos, fuck you, okay? Because I did. And so I think like also training that muscle, being around comics, like doing improv and sketch. Um, I did that at UCB for like two years. And then um, being at The Daily Show, like constantly being around comics. And it's just really a skill. And I think too, like as a black woman in America, like if you can't laugh at this shit, like I'm black, I'm plus size. I have, Af- I have an afro. Like, you know, like I don't have like the typical like curvy shape. Like if... If I really take in all of the bullshit every day, Ryan, I never leave my house. I would never. And the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. And it really is. And I cannot lose it. It really is my strength. Truly.
0: Yeah. And and what? who is it rewarding by deciding to be cynical and sad or bitter about how awful everything is?
1: Hold on one second, Ryan. I'm sorry. No sweat. I, have a, uh, I had a... Family member who recently got the COVID. So they, were, they were calling me. Oh, um, no. They're fine. Yeah, but they're fine. They're boosted, they're vaxxed, they're waxed. It's great. It's just the it's just the Omarion. You know, it's out here. It's just a, a, the Omicron. But do you know we call it the Omarion? <laughs> Did you know that, Ryan?
0: I didn't. Did you I know didn't. that? I love we it.
1: Call, I'll put you on to it. It's called the Omarion. Do you know who Omarion is?
0: Yeah, I swear yeah. Of to course. God, Rob,
1: you know who Omarion is? I okay, do. Who is he? Who is
0: he? Uh, uh, he's a sinner, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Are you googling? Yeah, like, right, I'm gonna I, beat uh, your ass.
0: No, no. He, he, he's a, he's like a early 2000s uh, like rapper yes. r and guy. Yes.
1: Yes. Well, not really rapper singer. He was the star of uh, B2K. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my god, Ryan. Wait, wait,
0: wait! wait you'll you. love this. So I, I did Google him. I, I knew who he was, but I did Google him. But this is a variety headline. Uh, Omarion, I am an artist, not a COVID variant. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes, Ryan. You got to hop on black Twitter just for five seconds so you have your ear to the street so you know what the fuck is going on. Because black people, you know, we have to laugh at everything. Like we we have to, like to keep from crying. And I always say this, black people, we tired, but we resilient, period. Like we we get over racism and all the bullshit and and uh, all the shit that white people have fucking done. It's like, we got to laugh. So that's why when the Omicron, it was like, this Omarion is out here. <laughs> like we had, no, to, we had to do it.
0: I, I love Black Twitter. I, I had a weird experience. Uh I like being like not in the in-group, right? Like I went and I saw um uh Hassan Minhaj's uh show when he was in Austin. I love um him. he was on the Daily Show, yeah. And uh yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was it was really weird being in the audience and realizing like most of the jokes are not for me. Right? Like like you know what I mean? Or or that like a lot of the jokes were like about white people, which is you know, because Uh, how American Mm -hmm. culture historically has been like most things on TV in art or whatever are for me. Right. Like Mm -hmm. they're about like my people, right. Like all the the jokes and the assumptions are about like what it's, you know, the worldview of a straight white person essentially, or a straight middle-class white person. And so it was fascinating. Like, you know, he's, he's doing all these jokes about like how your parents really wanted you to be a doctor or whatever. And they were really strict. And I'm like, what are you talking about? That wasn't what it was like for me, you know. Like, like uh, it, it was. So it was. It was like actually. I, I love different kinds of humor that are like you have to think about to get because you're not yes. just naturally speaking that language.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like I'm not a Marrian fan, so I don't. I don't immediately get oh, that no, reference, right? Slander, because like <laughs>
1: the slander. Oh no, he takes it back. Wait, Black Twitter gonna light your ass up? No, he takes it back. Black people, listen to me. Listen to me. He take it was a uh, that was a, a little knee jerk reaction. Okay, he takes it back. Ryan Holiday is an Omarion mm. fan. He is going to the concert. He is down. He is downloading Entourage as we speak. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like R and B, Ryan? What's the type of music you like?
0: Uh, I I like heavy metal.
1: Heavy metal. Okay, not for me. I'm not the audience.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm not
1: yeah. the. I'm not. The- <laughs> Ryan right, said exactly. I, but this is the thing, Ryan. I've tried. I have I have I have dabbled in uh corn. Ah,
2: um,
1: oh, 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 okay. Oh shit. Corn ate the lick. I thought <laughs> yeah. I thought I was doing something. See, I thought I was connected. Oh shit. Okay. A uh, kiss.
0: Kiss. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean I mean th- these are they're they're different they're different uh levels of, of heavy metal. That appeal to different people. Oh, it's types levels of, to this shit. Teach me audience. something.
1: Okay. Red hot chili peppers.
0: That's a good band. That's not really heavy metal, okay. but it's a that's a good white person band. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, no. I no, I was working really hard, Ron. I ain't gonna fuck you up and be like Maroon Five. <laughs> I oh, don't know. I would never disrespect you like that and <laughs> do some shit like that. At least, God it! If I know nothing about heavy metal, I know Adam Levine is not it.
0: Okay, yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> Talking about Sunday morning rain is coming. Ryan's like, turn that shit off. I want to hear some. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna. Li- okay, so you're gonna okay. listen to Omarion and I'm gonna yep. listen to some heavy metal. Who, who do you okay. suggest? Who should I listen to?
0: I'll, I'll send you some Iron Maiden and we'll, we'll, we'll trade off.
1: Some Iron Maiden. I know that's
0: The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. I talk about that in growth hacker marketing. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Back by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com stoic. That's netsuite.com stoic. I'm just about to go into the studio to record my latest audiobook. My wife and I have been listening to audiobooks. We've been listening to audiobooks in the car as a family just to keep our kids off screens because Audible is amazing. And Audible is also the destination for thrilling audio entertainment with highly anticipated new releases and next to listen recommendations to satisfy every type of thriller listener. If you want breathtaking, sinister, and shocking tales that will enthrall you, even brand new and exclusive thrillers from best selling authors, then you want to check out Audible. My wife and I were just raving about this true crime audio book that we read called Furious Hours. And then I've been raving about this book, Night of the Grizzlies, which I loved. Audio piques the imagination and it brings thrillers to life. And as an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. Visit audible.com slash Daily or text Daily Stoic to 500-500. That's audible.com slash Daily or text Daily Stoic to 500-500. You know what's funny? I think I think like uh, Black Twitter. I liked when when that was more of what Twitter is instead of just politics. Like all the, I remember when people yeah. would talk about like pizza on Twitter or whatever. You know, instead of just like uh, uh, the, the most vile political argu- pointless political arguments that you could imagine. Do you know, what I, mean? I think that's the other thing about yeah. humor is that at least humor brings us together uh, in a way that, you know, it doesn't when we're just arguing over stuff.
1: Well, that's another thing too. Also, we have a lot of self-appointed critics. Mm -hmm. Like uh, somebody will read a one fucking article about space and now they're an astronaut. Now they can tell you anything and everything about fucking space. And I'm like, you are not well read enough to enter these conversations. And I know that about myself. I know what I don't know. And I don't know a lot. Okay. Right.
2: Okay. (laughs) Like
1: There's a lot of shit that I, that's why I read. That's why I fucking read, because I'm like, let me learn, let me find out. And that's another thing, too. Like, when we were writing jokes and stuff at The Daily Show, I was very blessed that we had researchers, producers, studio. Like, everybody would bring the whole thing together, like a goddamn pie. And they're like, my joke is truly the cherry. But they're bringing the pie. But they're like, so what is the joke? But they're bringing me, I was blessed to have all that information now. Now, the bitch that's fucking working at Dunkin' Donuts does not have a studio producer, does not have a researcher, does not have 12 other brilliant writers that are really fucking smart that bring this thing together that you have all the facts to make a goddamn joke about or on. So, yeah, I I totally agree with that. It's gotten so political and it's just kind of like you get lost in that damn rabbit hole and now you're arguing about I'm with you. Let's bring back pizza wars. Papa John's versus Domino's. Let's have that. Let's let's get into that. Let's have that be on Twitter and then the shit that they got on right now.
0: I I totally agree. Well, so let me the last thing I was going to ask you about uh I did not uh I did not assume you would uh you would curse such a delightful amount, which is Oh my god. Uh, <clears throat> Which is, oh my which God, is, God! I'm
1: so sorry, Ryan.
0: No, 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 no. Here's what I was going to say. Because two, two funny things. So what, I curse a lot, and that's like uh, that, that's just like how I how I think and how I write. Uh-huh. And and one of the notes that I got when I wrote the draft of the Daily Stoic is that my um, my editor was like, Ryan, I think this book can be sold in Christian bookstores but not with all the cursing that you have in it. And so they had me take all the cursing out of it. Um, but, I, but like, that's probably the criticism that I get the most. I get like angry emails about it and whatever, people get mad, especially like on the podcast. Like, like when I'm writing, I can control it. But when, when I'm talking, it just comes out. I think it's just being a, from California or whatever. That's just sort of ha- the mentality that I picked up. But, uh, but how do you think about that? I, I, to me, I almost feel like there's like uh, swear shaming Right. Like we like shame people for cursing, as but we're not supposed to judge people's uh, moral and personal choices. But but we can we can decide it's not OK to curse. I don't get it.
1: Yeah. I, well, I was one of those people. And I think I the reason why I used to do it like I I can tell you when I started cursing. <laughs> I had so much cursing built up and so much judgment. I was just saying like, motherfucker, for like two hours straight. It was just like vomiting out. Um, I started cursing around 2016. I remember uh, I was like just like, it's just fucking language. And I remember I said that. I was like, it's just fucking language. Like, what the fuck? Whatever. And it just felt so good in my body. But I know that before I did it because I was very self-righteous and I used to do it. Now, I'm not saying this is why everybody else shames. You know, you got to... You know, put that yeah. out there. I'm not speaking for every fucking body, but I know I used to do it because it's like I'm big, you're small. I'm right, you're wrong. I'm above you, I'm better. Look at me. I can choose other choice words besides fucking, and damn, and shit. And you're just like, just so less than. And it's just like, yes. bitch, get out of here. It's not. And honestly, Ryan, I don't no diss to your publisher, or manager, whoever told you that. A lot of Christians cuss. So your shit probably would have sold quicker if you had some motherfuckers in it. So if you would have put the damn Daily Stoic, Black people would like, what is this? Oh, God damn. He said the damn. Th- he's serious about this shit. Like, yes.
0: Well, let, let's, let's go back to Jesus. I don't think Jesus would be around policing what words people use. That doesn't seem like a very no. good use of his time.
1: No, David was a murderer and was killing people and, you know, having sex with naked women that were in the window, you know, and, you know, he was, he was hanging. First of all, Rahab was a prostitute who God used. The Lord fucked with everybody. Jesus kicked it with everybody. He loves everyone, which is always so jarring to me when people are just like, no, you are less than. Now, I think that if somebody is not kind, right, if they're not loyal, right, if they're like... They, somebody comes up to you, Ryan, they're like, Ryan, I want to have sex with your wife. Yeah, Ryan, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't hang out with that person. You should not. <laughs> that, that we're not talking about that. <laughs> but somebody who curses is like, what? That is not that is not indicative of their entire of their entire moral compass. Like, get out of here. But that comes with growth, Ryan. That comes with leaving your bubble, right? These are a lot of things I learned because I fucking left LA and I went to New York and I was around so many different people that were kind of like, hey, the way you think is really small minded. And I literally had enough open uh, of a mind to be like, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah.
0: I also think it's more fun. It's more fun to curse than to not curse. (laughs)
1: Just period. Just period. Did you ever used to do that as a kid? I remember we used to do that all the time. My when I was little, like not around my mom, like I used to be like, damn. Like damn was my word. Like I just yeah. I just knew it was like just just the worst thing of all. Like damn it.
0: No, it's it's uh and there's honestly nothing funnier than hearing a, a child curse. Like my my <laughs> my my five-year-old uh the other day was like, this is fucking bullshit. And I just I like fell over laughing.
1: <laughs> I remember when my brother did it now. My my tell you now my mom was old school. She does not play that, nothing that, yeah. that is not funny to her. Okay. So I remember my brother was on his phone and he was like, shit. Right, he was eight, and I'm in the front, dying, laughing, and my mom was like, "What did you say?" And he was like, "No, something messed up." I was like, "Shoot," <laughs> I was like, Steven. and in my head, I wasn't gonna stall him out because you know my mom has turned over a new leaf, but during that time, she was still whooping ass, and I was like, "I don't know when my brother to get his ass beat," and I, I don't want to have to grab my mother's hand and be like, "You will not," but yeah. she kind of like, she kind of like let it rock. And I let it rock too. Like, yeah, mom, I think he said shoot. But I'm like dying laughing inside. But it was so funny because it was real to him. His phone messed up and he was like, shit.
0: Well, and where did he learn that word, right? It's like in a Christmas story. He's like, from who taught sister? you that word? Yeah, he, no, his well, they learned it from And where'd you learn it from? Your parents, right? Parents. Like, Exactly. As
1: much as, as, saved as my mama was, I said, ooh, mama. Because let me tell you, once the Lakers lose, because you know my mama's Mexican, my dad's black. Mexicans, we don't fuck around when it comes to the Lakers, the Dodgers, and J-Lo, okay? Don't, don't. Those the Holy Trinity. Okay, Lakers, Dodgers, J-Lo. Don't you talk about any of those people? Kobe. Literally, when Kobe died, me and like some of my family was like, "How are we going to tell your mom?" Like, uh-huh. literally, like Kobe means so much to us. And like, but my mom, she like loved the Lakers. So like, if the Lakers were losing, or like, you remember when we lost to the Celtics or Shaq missed a free throw, she's like, "God damn it, Shaq!" I said, "Okay, wait." Till right, I tell that's mission. where
0: you learn it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yes, Ryan. Oh my God, Ryan! I can talk to you for two hours. I can talk to you. No, this is
0: amazing. I'm so I'm so glad we (laughs) met. This is hilarious.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ryan, I was and I was really trying hard. I was like, "Do not curse," because I listen to you every day. So I listen to the other people. I'm like, the vibe is very calm. X, be calm. No, this is way more fun. (laughs) I was trying my hardest, Ryan, but. You know, it's I gotta be me, unfortunately.
0: So I mean, what else could you be? I mean right. th- that's truly that's that's who that's who you should be. And I, that is a weird thing too, I think, uh, as far as it's like advice I try to give people. It's like you're the only one of you, right? And yeah. so to try to it seems like it's a bad strategy to go try to be like someone else because now there's mm-hmm. competition, right? Like just yeah. be just be yourself and uh mm-hmm. Who gives a shit what anyone thinks?
1: Yeah, but it took it takes you a minute. Like it's something about turning thirty three, aka my Jesus year. It was something. It was something about then, because especially your Jesus year in a pandemic, you truly think, "Oh, I'm gonna die." <laughs> like when I was like, you, memento mori?" Yes, bitch. That was like I turned thirty three. I was like looking around to my left and my right. I was like, "I love y'all." It's been real. <laughs> I was like, "X, please." I'm like, "Listen, we in a goddamn." Panini? I don't know. What the fuck is going on? Listen, I I don't know. And I think another thing too, Ryan, like the reason why stoicism helped me so much too is that my brother died when I was 16. Oh no. He died due to a drunk driver. That's why I don't drink. And I was also raised around alcoholics and drug addicted family members. So- Losing him, and then I've lost three other cousins. And my family, like, there, my mom has nine brothers and sisters. All my cousins, my mom is like the oldest, and is the auntie that's always like had her shit together. So at some point, some cousin lived with us. So I, my cousins are like my brothers and sisters. We're very, very close. So I've lost three other cousins as As well, wow. so I've lost four very important people in my life. And starting with my brother, I hate that it happened, but. Like the Bible says, all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord. And I think what it taught me immediately, because he died at 25, and at 16, 25 is so far away. Sure, it's like that's like 40. I was like, yeah. oh, life is really short. I don't have a lot of time down here. So when you talk about memento mori and just like I'm going to die, I always thinking I always think about death, and I really felt like. There was nobody I could really talk to this about and know, to know that there is a group, like there are Stoics who believe, who know that and talk about that. I talk about it so much and I think about it just because it's been so real for me. And I know that it is what every everybody got to pay taxes and die. Yes. Like that's it. Like everybody, well, if Wesley Snipes, but you know. That's, you know, here neither here, neither. He's yes, working on yes, yes, yes. it. Wesley's working on it. But it's just, yeah, I I always think about death and I always think about like, hey, I don't have a lot of time down here, so I don't have a lot of time to waste. So that's why I go all gas, no breaks, because I'm always thinking about, like, you know, Ryan, knock on wood, prayerfully, we'll make it to 75, maybe 80. And we're in the year 2022. That's not 80 out of two. That's not a lot of fucking time. You right. know, so I, I just don't, when people just sit on their dreams, when they sit on, I'm like, oh, you really think you have time. But somebody like me who's experienced death so soon and so quickly, I'm like, bitch, you know, I'm hoping 45, but we'll see. And I don't, not in a negative way. I don't want you to think of like, as like, as a mourner or really like sad. It's just realistic.
0: Well, to me, it's about getting to a place where you're just always good. So if you get to 70 or 80, you're like, that's awesome. But you also aren't sitting around in your 30s feeling like you haven't already lived a full life. Like to me, I, I feel like very blessed to be like, I, I've done up in, up until now, I've done everything I could do, right? That's not to say I couldn't do. If you give me another 50 years, I'll I'll give you 50 years worth of stuff. But like, Mm -hmm. I I can very confidently say that I've given you 34 years, like I've been alive for 34 years, whereas a lot of people are 50 and they've maybe lived cumulatively like 10 of those years, you know, um, because they wasted so much of it, either trying to be someone else, working a job that they hate being addicted to this or that, right? Like mm-hmm. they, they, they've wasted that time. And so it really doesn't matter how long you live for. What matters is how much you, you live in the years that you yeah. have.
1: Which is why I can take every risk because I'm just like, I, this is, tom- tomorrow really is not promised. I literally open my eyes and take a breath and then turn on Daily Stoic as I'm doing my bed. And I do that because I'm just like, I am so grateful for this moment for today, like tomorrow truly is not promised, which is why my name on Instagram is eighty dollars in a suitcase because I went to New York on vacation and just stayed because wow. i truly I truly believe in myself and I believe in the God in me, truly, like I really know that there's a purpose and a plan that he's put in me and and he and he's rules over my life, so if he brought me there. Why wouldn't he provide for me there? So I hustled my ass off. I was there for two weeks, worked fashion week. And when I got there, I was supposed to be working with this girl doing makeup. She's the reason I bought my ticket. Never heard from her again. So I was like, fuck that. There's a reason I bought my ticket. I'm about to talk to every goddamn person I know in LA. Who do y'all know in New York? And I started dressing the models. And then when I got there, I kept talking to everybody, Ryan, everybody's broke. Everybody was like, yeah, I came here with 10000 Now I'm broke. Somebody was like, yeah, I had 2500 Now I barely got 700 You know, I met people that were like, yeah, I'm a professor at NYU, and I also work at a bar. Like, everybody's poor. I was right. like, oh, well, I fit right in. I ain't got no money either. So if you can fucking do it, why can't I do it? And so, you know, but that's why if you really want it, you can get it, Ryan. You feel me? Like, I, I applied to eight jobs in person and 12 online, and in three days I got a job. You feel me? Like, I, you just figure it the fuck out. Like, if you want to make it happen, you will. And then I went from $80 in a suitcase to being an Emmy-nominated writer at The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. So it, it. You did it. It it was, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm so excited to see what you do next. And uh, I'm so glad we met. And uh, let's, let's make this a friendship.
1: Oh Ryan, you're stuck with me. I truly, All right, I went done. to Texas and I was like, "Damn, if I knew Ryan, because I know you have." You should have told like, me. You're Austin. I know, yeah. but I didn't know you at that point. Like my my booking agent is the one who connected us both. So yeah. Um. When when I because he was like, "Ex, how are you able to do this and that?" Because I'm writing a book about. Uh, I had 24 different roommates in New York, <laughs> and he was just like, "We." I want to. I was like, "I want to write a book about that," and he was like, "Ex, how have you been able to?" would stand and do this. I was like, stoicism, Ryan Holiday, that is my captain. My captain, he was like, oh my God, I fucking know Ryan. I said, don't you fucking play with me. Do you really know Ryan Holiday? And then you emailed me and I was like, oh my God, this is insane.
0: But I've known Bird since I was uh, an assistant at a talent agency in Hollywood.
1: Wow. And also, too, Ryan, I have to let the people know. So please watch American Auto. It's on NBC every Tuesday at 8 p.m., followed by Grand Crew; You have to watch them as well. And also, I am in the second season of Yearly Departed that premiered on Amazon Prime. Uh, It's on there right now. And I'm in a new movie called The Blackening that should be out sometime this year. So, And I'm also starting a podcast, Ryan, with another Black girl who stands for stoicism. So you got to come
0: on. All right. Have me on anytime. Okay. Done. Yes. All right. Well, Thank I'll, you. I'll see you in Austin and everyone should check out your stuff. And uh, I'm going to get you this neutral thinking book.
1: Thank you. And follow me at $80 in a suitcase on Instagram and who made the potato salad show.
0: Hey, it's Ryan. Thank you for listening to the daily stoic podcast. I just wanted to say we so appreciate it. We love serving you. It's an honor. Please spread the word, tell people about it and This isn't to sell anything. I just wanted to say thank you. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the Daily Stoic early and ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen early and ad free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts.
3: Do you want to hear about the $100 wedding dress that just saved Abercrombie? Or the tech acquisition that was just like Game of Thrones? Or the one financial equation that can solve climate change? Then check out our daily podcast, The Best One Yet, or as we call it, T-Boy. This is Nick. This is Jack. And we pick the three most interesting business news stories every day for the perfect mix. 20 minutes each morning, you're going to feel brighter. We call it pop biz, don't we, Jack? Where pop culture meets business news. So whether you want to kick off a conversation with your buddies, or you're going for that promotion at work, or you just want to know the trends before your friends, feel brighter by starting your morning with us every weekday. Listen to the best one yet on the Wondery app or wherever you get your pods. You can listen to the best one yet ad-free right now now on Wondery Plus. For more deep dive and daily business content, listen on Wondery, the destination for business podcasts. With shows like The Best One Yet, How I
2: Built This, and many more. by joining Wondery Plus.